Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Battleground Podcast. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are fighting to have sexual integrity while living in a hypersexualized culture. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 24, entitled The Healing We Need. In it, uh, we'll discuss a critical nutrient for our spiritual diet. Without it, we'll be spiritually anemic at best, and at worst, we'll just be living in sin. You don't want to miss today's episode. Let's dive in. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. So this is episode 24, and today this is a topic that has been on my mind lately, God's been working in my heart about, and as as I live in and look around at our North American culture church setting, um, and and you as a Christian young man are probably looking at a lot of the same setting, uh, this is something that we need, but that we're not good at. And so what is that thing? It is healing that comes from confession to another believer. Healing that comes from confession to another believer. And I, I bring this up because I was recently studying First John, and this is something that is just becoming more and more clear to me, uh, that this is a necessity. So I'm going to read a few verses from First John chapter 1. Uh, you're probably familiar with verse 9. That's a really popular one, and rightly so. But we're going to start three verses before in verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, this several verses about sin and, and walking in the light and confession, walking rightly before God. But something that First John here points out, this prayer of confession, not only does it bring about fellowship with God, but it also brings about true fellowship with our fellow believers. So, this, this is a necessity. Uh, again, I'll read verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So notice the dual benefits there of walking in the light. Uh, so first, to make a, a base foundational observation, we can't simultaneously walk in the flesh and have fellowship with God. And if you are a Christian young man or have been for any length of time, I hope you know that. Okay, because what does verse 6 say? If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. So those t- those things cannot happen simultaneously that we're harboring and living in sin and darkness and we're walking in fellowship with God. All right, so that's, that's the foundational truth, number one. Um, but number two, building on that, when we walk in the light— we have these benefits of fellowship and forgiveness. And verse 7 is very clear about this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. There's the first benefit. And second, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from, from our sin. So we have to ask then, what does it mean to walk in the light? How, how do we do that? Well, one, we're not covering our sin 
We're not harboring our sin. And two, uh, as, as one commentator said, we're walking in the precepts of the light himself, who is Jesus, um, the, the light of the world. So we're not walking in sin. We're walking in the light. We're walking in an openness before God and our fellow believers. And this creates a bond between both of those parties. Our relationship with God is strengthened and our relationship with other believers is strengthened. Now, I want to pull out a first John here for a second and read another critical verse from James chapter five. And again, this is where this is where the healing we need, this this critical nutrient comes in. James five, verse sixteen. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, did you catch that? When we confess our trespasses to one another and then we pray for one another, we get a healing that can't be found anywhere else. Now, I've heard this the second part of 516, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I've heard that a lot, and that's a, a great a great promise and a, a motivator to pray, that that a righteous man praying, that prayer will be effective. But I, I never quite realized that that was the second half of this thought about prayer for another believer after confession. So when I get together with the brother of Christ and I am honest about my sin with him, and then he prays for me, there's an incredible spiritual healing that happens there. Now, uh, we have to be careful. This is not making a, a fellow um, brother, sister in Christ some sort of high priest, or, or they're not committing a, a priest action here, atoning for our sin. No, we're just getting a healing from bringing our sin to the light with them. And so, again, I think both these passages, First John and James 5, encourage believers have to let their walls down with each other, and they have to pray for each other. And and this is not a one-way thing where it's just, I'm going to one believer and constantly confessing, and, and he never talks to me about any of his problems. No, this is a two-way street. We're open with each other. We walk in the light with each other. We pray for each other. And there's a healing and a fellowship that comes from this that can't be found anywhere else. And we have got to have this. And if we don't have this, we're... <laughs> We're missing out. And again, this is where I feel like our North American church is missing the mark a lot because it's it's far too easy to treat church as a, a social club thing. And, and we have this corporate gathering where we're all together. And obviously you can't get up and, and each person confess their sins and unload the truck to the whole rest of the body. So it still stands then that each individual believer has a responsibility to gather with another believer or several and and confess and pray. Um, now, many churches are are adapting sort of a small group setting that this could happen in, and and that's a that's a great thing. It absolutely could happen then, but that too can be very superficial. So, uh, my encouragement from these two texts is: you be the one that breaks the superficiality cycle <laughs> in your church setting. And, and maybe you've just got to get together with another guy. Maybe it's several guys that you can pull in and you say, okay, we're going to pray for each other here. We're going to confess to each other. We're going to walk in the light so that we can have true fellowship. Now, First John is very clear 
there's no way for us to avoid confession. Why? Because we all have sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So every brother in Christ is a sinner, and you know that, and I know that, so it's beneficial then to get together and, and to confess sin. And the great thing is, this confession to one another and the healing that it brings um, can't be found anywhere else, but the warning is we can't make that the only thing. Like I said, we can't turn our our, our brothers into priests because they can't fill that function. Um, only God can atone and, and ultimately forgive our sins. And First John 1, 9, man, what a powerful truth um, that if we confess he's faithful and just. Now, young man, if I, I don't care where you are, whether you're watching porn every week and trying to quit, you're in the binge purge cycle, um, whether you're not watching porn, but you know you've got other problems. Maybe masturbation has a grip. Maybe it's with your girlfriend that you just can't seem to uh, to figure things out and, and stop crossing lines. Um, maybe sexual sin isn't the isn't the big sin for you right now. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's pride. Okay. And, and you just can't break the cycle. You keep going back to it. I want to encourage you to, to run to first John one verse nine, set up shop there and live there because God's grace is so strong in this, this promise of forgiveness. Well, why do I say that? Well, one, look, if we confess and, and we are genuine about it. We're not lying to God or being foolish. If we confess, one, he's faithful. Now, if we say someone's faithful at their job, what does that mean? They're showing up day in and day out, and they're working. If we say someone's faithful in their marriage, what does that mean? Over the course of time, they are demonstrating day in and day out that they are committed to their spouse. God, day in and day out, is committed to forgiving the one that comes to him and confesses. His son or daughter who comes, no matter how many times they've committed this offense, um, no matter what, if they are genuine and saying, God, I have failed, I need your forgiveness, he is faithful, no matter how many times. So don't let the devil get up in your mind and say, all right, you know, you told God you wouldn't do this again. You prayed this prayer last week. He doesn't want to hear your confession now. No, he absolutely does, and he's faithful to forgive every time. But this faithfulness isn't ill-founded. It's founded in, in the justice of God and that your sin debt, for all those times that you've watched porn and all the times that you will, Jesus Christ has already paid so that God is just in, in restoring this familial fellowship, this relationship as his father or your, your heavenly father and you being his spiritual son. He is just in restoring that because Jesus Christ has paid the debt. If we confess our sins, he's faithful, and he is just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, the fact is the sin's already been paid for by Christ. It was paid for before we committed it and before we confessed it. And the forgiveness that God grants is both judicial and, and familial in that it restores fellowship between father and son. Okay, Judicial because it was paid for, familial because the relationship can be restored, and you don't you don't have to go on feeling guilty. So just confess, and this is where the devil will <laughs> will get all in your head and will play this trick because he's been playing it for centuries upon centuries upon mankind. We just we fall into this works based mindset of 
oh man, I failed, so I need to go some time and I've got to earn back God's good grace. No, go to him and confess. He's waiting there to faithfully forgive and he's going to welcome you with open arms. So go and confess to God your Father and that relationship can be restored. And, and not just that, but for there's a healing that will come, as James 5 tells us, and a fellowship that will come, as 1 John 1 tells us, that we can have with another brother if we were open to them about where we have failed, and then we pray for each other and we go to God. So uh, this, this vital nutrient, I guess, involves, it involves you and I, one point, and vertically, it involves God, our, our high priest and forgiver, and the third point is it involves horizontally our brothers in Christ. So if we are to be whole Christians, we've got to have this confession both to God and to our brothers in Christ. Okay, you hear me you hear me getting passionate about this, but this is this is absolutely critical. And again, I I hate that it's far too easy um for us to leave off kind of that horizontal aspect that that James 5 and and 1 John 1, 7 encourages us. If you want to have healing, you want to have true fellowship, or to state it another way, you want to be known and loved, <laughs> truly known and truly loved, we've got to confess and pray for each other. Don't neglect it. Okay, I'll close by reading, reading James 5, 16 one more time. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Pray for each other. Lastly, you may say, well, I I don't even know where to start with this. Okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link in the description to this, um, to a, an article that I referenced several episode, episodes ago by Brad uh, Hambrick, and he's just got some questions there that are very easy to ask, very palatable they're not intimidating and and just send these or put these in front of a brother and say hey let's let's walk through these and and they will give you an opportunity to let down your walls and then once you've talked through uh, those questions pray for each other and you'll be amazed at the healing and the fellowship that will come from that so don't be an anemic Christian. Don't try and go long periods of time without confessing your sin. One, to God, first and foremost, and two, to your brothers in Christ, so that you can have real fellowship, so that you can truly know them, they can truly know you, and you can walk in the light together. Hey, thanks for listening today. Hoping to have some more episodes out here soon. Until next time, keep fighting.